Howdy gang, thank you for tuning into Backcountry and Barbells. I am Joe Shamanic and I'm fired up to bring you today's episode featuring Pete Dahlgren of Ellsworth Socks. Pete, um, <laughs> he's developing a great product. You've heard Jeremy and I talk about it uh, many times. I mean, socks are something you should consider. Uh, dang it gang, um, you got to take care of your feet when you're in the woods and I think um, part of that needs to be considering a decent sock. Um, I'm a big fan of wool. Pete talks a lot about why wool uh, is something you need to put between your feet all the time, not just in the woods. And there's there's different things about that uh, to consider. And Pete goes into it. He talks a lot more about uh, why they make the socks the way they do. And um, there's a lot of things to consider here. And, and Pete, I think, will give you enough information where you might want to consider checking out their socks. So if you do, head on over to Ellsworth.com. And you will get 20% off using code B and B20. B-A-N-D-B-20. And use that code at checkout and you will get 20% off. And I think that'd be really cool. Uh, Check it out. I think you'll love these socks. I think you'll like Pete. We get into fly fishing, um, (laughs) interesting ways to aerate your lawn. And then obviously, guys, we talk uh, a lot about wool and what you should put on your feet or some things you should consider the next trip you take into the woods. So guys, enjoy this episode. I think we give you enough to uh, to chew on considering uh, training, hunting, and living. So get after it, guys, and uh, have a good one. Well, howdy, gang. Backcountry and barbells, Joe Shamanic, Jeremy Day. Um, and actually, this is one of our special three-way calls. So Pete, man, what's going on? Good to have you on. Uh Good to be on, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, talk to you both. Cool. So we have some intrigue here. Uh, Pete uh, is involved with uh, a product that me and Jeremy have raved about on the show. So we'll we'll, we'll get Pete in a minute, but uh, we want to do some housekeeping. Uh, Jeremy, before we get into um, our our uh, our Monday morning mishaps, or however you want to call them, our COVID nineteen mishaps, or our home. Or home couldn't get it done lists. Uh, I'm interested in how uh, how your remix workouts going for you. Oh, dude, they're going awesome, man! I feel super duper good. I got my energy levels back up, and and oddly enough, all my joints feel really good. Yeah, it's so it's fun when you it's it's a good variety. Dose the workout appropriately. Um, where I'm super interested is how I have you closing your workouts with those sandbag workouts. Um, uh, I know you're you're tossing that 70 pound bag around. Um, how, how's your back and, and, um, cause I, I kind of have you on three different interval workouts. And if you guys want to go back to last week's show notes, you should check that out. But Jeremy's kind of doing the same workout three different ways. Um, uh, if the, the, the two varieties you've gone through so far, do you, do you see a difference or, I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, I haven't seen much difference yet, but I am sore in spots that I've never <laughs> been sore before. Yeah. So my, um, you know, even though I'm only doing five reps, um, five sets, five reps on the, on the high end. Yeah. I'm still sore, man. And the, I think the sandbag throwing the damn thing over my head, I'm, it's like the upper part of my neck and then all the way down to my ass is sore. <laughs> well, I, I think that's, what's interesting. Like, I think when you're not looking at like a laundry list of movements and like, you know, the million reps you have to do, you can actually put real intensity be, and focus behind what you are doing. And, and there's work to be done even in short, short moments. So, um, well, that's cool, man. Um, but I'll let you know, my back sore for a different reason. I just crawled out from under my damn sink. Um, I had to play, I had, <laughs> I had to play plumber, uh, 
Pete, and I don't know if what you're like in your house, but like my wife keeps tabs. My wife keeps tabs on all the extra work she does. So I'm going to add to the list when she says, "How many loads of laundry you done this week?" I'll be like, "Well, one more than you have gotten under that damn sink," because um, <laughs> it's it's no fun between between. I'll tell you, man. Yeah, you, 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 that is one. I just put in actually a couple months ago farmhouse sink. And there you go. Did the plumbing, and it. Um, I, I actually, it's funny. I, I, I called my brother afterwards and said, I, well, I know I never want to be a plumber. That's right. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, that's one career. Uh, I tip my hats to those guys and gals because that's something that uh, I, it's, uh, I don't think I'll ever do that again. No. And and to um to put myself under the bus here, I was all huffing and puffing doing it, and you know the the dishwasher clogged because you know no one rinses it; they just throw their dirty dishes in there. But come to find out, I had to kind of siphon because I didn't have a snake long enough. So I was sitting there blowing hot wind up the tube to unclog it and suck in and blow in, and come to find out, it was a bunch of sunflower seeds, and I'm the only one in the house who chews them. So. Uh, <laughs> So, so who knows so what you can only point the finger one way, right? I know that's what they say. Right. You got one finger pointing out, you got four back. So, um, you know, there you go. The, these humbling experiences. The good thing was I didn't have the blow up yet. Um, so that's good. So I kept it in, um, you know, we worked it out. I learned a thing or two. Um, but, uh, Jeremy, I know you were talking about a, a little Traeger mishap. So th- this was pretty awesome. So I barbecued, um, some ribs last weekend, right? Okay. And then last night, Michelle's like, I thought you said you were going to barbecue the hot dogs because uh, we got some sausage dogs from Jeremy LeBlanc. And uh, I said, oh, yeah. So I went and fired that thing up. And she goes, man, that thing's really smoking. I was like, damn, it is really smoking. I go, oh, I forgot to clean it. So I walked over there. I opened up the lid. Within two minutes, I had five-foot flame shooting out of the top of my Traeger. And I'm like running oh, around man. like a chicken with my head cut off going, well, what? I'm trying to get the lid back down, right, to choke it out. And so I had to run in the house, and then I choked it out, and then uh, came back a few minutes later, opened it up. The flames started going up again, and I was like, oh, man, I just got to wait. But I've never seen a Traeger with uh, four or five-foot flames shooting out of the top of it. Did you leave the hot dogs in? What happened, man? Did it... <laughs> well, what happened was is the um, the fat from the pork was sitting uh... on the – it had got cold and was just sitting there. And then once I fired that Traeger up and put it at 450 degrees – it just caught on fire and it just it burned until it went it, it was all gone but i can tell you this guys okay my traeger is really clean right now there you go <laughs> there you go well uh, so so besides scared the, the hell out of me the the farmhouse sink germ uh pete uh you you know the the honey do list at your house i mean uh with with all that's going on and paying attention to certain things whether it's unclogging a drain or or managing your traeger i mean What's come to the top yeah. of the list uh, as of late? Well, I, you guys, you guys would have laughed at me. I actually, uh, Jeremy, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I built. Um, so my, I've been obsessed with my front lawn. Okay. Uh, trying to just, you know, trying to get it, get it green, and really just kind of get a nice lawn. And um, I needed to aerate the damn thing, but I didn't. I didn't have an aerator, and I didn't really feel like going and renting an aerator because, you know, you got to, you know, Home Depot is a mess right now. You got to stand in line to get in there and everything else. So I made an aerator. I mean, I I literally took like a, it's a poor man's aerator. I took a piece of plywood and drove about, you know, 24 lag bolts through it uh, and stood out on my lawn and basically (laughs) 
aerated my entire lawn <laughs> by stepping on a piece of plywood. Okay. And you got to love when neighbors are walking by the neighborhood, you know, looking at me like I've lost my mind. Um, but I'll tell you, it, it worked. Uh, it was a hell of a workout, though, because, you know, the piece of plywood was only like, you know, like two feet by four feet. So, you know, I literally was laying it down, just going in row by row by row by row and did my entire lawn that way. And then, you know, reseeded and, and fertilized. But uh, I recommend probably renting a, a, a powered <laughs> aerator next time. Well, I was going to say, no. you kind of inspired me here. I, I got, I'm in my old office, which during this whole COVID thing, we've converted my office into the kids' Lego room. So now uh, my little office was is now in the closet of that room. But on their Lego table, you know, it's built on like a piece of four by eight, you know, just ply. I'm thinking what right. we, we could you could modify that a bit by, you know, you put your lag bolts in and you run a track down the middle where you could right. step over it. And if you just kind of flipped right. it and walked over it, that'd be that'd be the way to go. Maybe put a little weights on there. That might be the uh, I'm, the, uh, I'm telling you, it, it could be it's 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 aerating your lawn and getting a good workout in at the same time. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, although, again, just forewarning, your neighbors are going to think you're nuts if uh, if you're out there stepping on a piece of, you know, it looks like a medieval torture device. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, but hey, you know, it, it worked and uh, lawn's coming in nice, thick and green. So, uh, you know, it's uh, winning out. You know, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. You that's, know? that's that's pretty cool, guys. So, hey, hey folks listening, uh, maybe you have your, uh, maybe you've decided that over this whole situation, uh, you're going to do things yourself your own way. Uh, Pete's got us, a uh, the, 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 the four by eight, uh, air raid flipperoo workout. We'll get that going. Uh, maybe you guys got your own. So chime in, uh, let us know. It'd be cool to see what you're, what you're up to on that one. That, that sounds like a great way to do it. I'll tell you, if my neighbors don't think I'm crazy already, um, that, I think that might level it out for him between the hollering and screaming they hear coming from my garage and things falling. Um, things can get interesting. Right. Well, besides, when you're not flipping, when you're not flipping, um, flipping an air and Pete, I mean, what are you doing to kind of stay active and healthy during this kind of stay at home order? I mean, how is it just odd and ends around I, the house or this is actually, uh, believe it or not. I mean, I, I've always been an active guy Great. Um, you know, and I, I actually work out. I prefer to work out at home. Um, I've just over the years gotten, you know, I have a rack in my garage, pull up, I mean, pull ups, uh, chin ups, push ups, and different variations of that. It's funny though. You mentioned, I just bought, um, I just bought a rower. Oh, very uh, cool. A concept two. Yeah. No. So I wanted a concept two, and I'm, and I'm still kind of pissed that I didn't get a concept two. but they're, if you look like go on road fit, they're, they're, they're sold out through like June. Everything. Like you can't get your hands on a on a concept two to save your life. So, I I settled for a Nor- there was a Nordic track that was um, I mean it's a similar design to the concept two. It has more bells and whistles. And frankly, my wife kind of wanted the Nordic track because of the bells and whistles. Although it, between you you guys, I wish I got the concept two to be honest because it's just a nicer machine. But but I tell you, it's a great workout. I've uh, I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it definitely, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of mix it in, do like, you know, sprint intervals and then more long distance and mix it in with pull-ups, burpees and you know, cool. different dumbbell movements and whatnot. But, um, yeah, just that, just running around chasing three kids, it's enough to, uh, 
enough to to keep anybody in shape you know with uh that's for sure with your training there it sounds a little crossfit inspired what's what's your inspiration for putting these workouts together right now it's it's funny that you said that so i've i was always more of just your traditional workout i was never kind of into the crossfit whole mindset until literally about honestly when this whole COVID thing broke out it's like i i I felt like i was i was just tired of doing the same old same old workouts and just not I was just kind of going through the motions. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to do some research into this CrossFit stuff and look at some of these, like, kind of like the benchmark, you know, workout of the days and, and kind of just, you know, kind of draw from there and create my own workouts. Like the other day, actually, I'll, I'll tell you, like the other day, I just did, and I, I kind of made it up. I did something that was called the, uh, the five, six, seven, eight. And so I just basically did, you do like, and there's no rest. You do five burpees five dumbbell curls, five chins, then six burpees, six dumbbell curls, oh, I gotcha. six chins, and then seven, 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 and then eight, eight, eight. You do that through a round, rest for three minutes, and do that again. You repeat it. You know, I, I think I did three or four cycles of that. Cool. So, I mean, you end up, I mean, you end up getting it done a lot quicker than your traditional workouts, but your heart rate's going through your chest because you're, you're not resting. And that was like, my problem was, is I was just, flipping through my phone, trying to find different music and, and taking, you know, five minutes between each set and not getting a good, good cardio workout in while I'm, while I'm doing the strength as well. Yeah. It's cool. The different sets and reps you can get into. I know the CrossFit mentality is, you know, um, get it done. And I was heavy into that for a little bit. And um, if you want to dive into it in your neck of the woods at CrossFit gig Harbor, Dave Haran runs a pretty cool, set up where he kind of does a good mix really? of some of that stuff. Yeah. Dave's, Dave's pretty sharp when I was teaching, when I was teaching on that side of the Narrows, um, I would spend uh, a couple of days a week over at Dave's gym, but uh, it's just it's been tough to get over there. When you don't have a reason to cross that bridge, you just don't do it. Um, I know, right? But, I know. But um, check out his website. He's posting a lot of really cool at-home variations, but what's cool about what he does, too, um, along with his CrossFit stuff at the, in the basement of their gym, they run a really cool um, cardio-based platform where they'll get you from treadmills monitoring your heart rate so along with the dose of high intensity he does a really cool pro he does a really good job of also inlaying like hey these are energy systems don't just blow them out here's how you actually use them so it might be right right might be a cool addition and then um i'll tell you what too i have a i have a really neat little um cardio setup that i've been using for running to get ready for trail runs but the same intervals that i do um you can also pull on that concept to rower and it, very cool. It's a cool in and out where you work in some different intervals and distances. So we'll have to pass that along and get your feedback on it. Absolutely, dude. I'm all about trying new. I, I, That's you know, it. It's like the older I get, I'm all about trying new workouts and just getting to your body's not used to it. You know, I mean, just keeping it keeping it fresh. Well, I don't know, Jeremy. We were going to talk fly fishing, baseball, and socks, but me and Pete might just talk uh, training. Is that all right with you, man? <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm all about it, man. Oh, very cool, I'm man. all about it. So let me ask you this. I have a recommendation for starting a home gym, and I always like – when I got guys uh, – I have a soft spot for folks who are trying to train on the go, and I'm always trying to convince them, you know, you even if, like – training at home isn't your home base you should have the option to do a little bit of everything and and for me i always try to push people to if you don't have anything where you're going to start your home gym is i really think you need a place to do pull-ups it'd be really awesome to have a kettlebell and a jump rope i think with those three things you can get pretty nutty and 
maybe even on top of that, I might suggest like a rubber band and maybe like a piece right. of equipment you can abuse, like throw around. Um, but for, from you being a guy coming up with this, I mean, if, if there's one piece of equipment that a guy doesn't have at home or they wanted to start a home gym, where would you tell them to start it? I me, I, I, I'm a big advocate of pull-ups and chin-ups. Very that's cool. like, that's, I'm, a, I'm that, that is like my foundation. So for me, um, and I'm only speaking for myself, but for me, uh, having a bar in a, in a, in a good bar, I mean, not, not one of those, um, uh, I mean, no offense to those, you know, things you stick in your doorways or whatever, but I mean like a really good solid bar, Ooh. either drilled into the wall or, or a good rack, something, you know, that that's going to support your weight and Love not, it. you know, wiggle all over the place. But, um, yeah, big proponent of pull-ups and chin-ups. Very cool. Yeah, and you know, with guys having so many shoulder issues, even if you can't do the pull-up to start, just, I, I mean, I start almost every day with when I'm in that gym. I just, I, uh, the chin grip hang can do so much to, I think, just stretch and let mm-hmm. gravity do things where you can kind of set it and forget it. Well, very cool, man. Um, I don't know if you're following, but just south of us, Cameron Haynes' son, he just broke David, Gollin, David Goggins' um, pull-up record for a tw- did he really no i didn't know that yeah pull-ups in 24 hours uh, his son did it um I, I, it's an insane number uh i i, I don't even want to speculate on it but it's a ridiculous number of pull-ups he did in a 24-hour period um uh i know pull-ups are great do you ever do like weighted variations or i mean even getting into crossfit are you interested in like butterfly kipping or do you, do you stick with strict ones yeah you're I, I, I try to stay as strict as possible, um, cool. but you're going to laugh as far as weighted variations. So I've actually gotten a backpack nice. and thrown an iron skillet in the back of it. Okay. <laughs> so cool. I actually threw two, two iron, we have like a, a, like two iron type skillets. I threw them in the backpack, put the backpack on this before I had them. I have dumbbells now that I would do that with, but um, yeah, I'm all about getting creative and getting, uh, again, you know, homemade law, law narration, it's not going to shock you. So yeah, I'm throwing <laughs> pots and pans in a backpack in, uh, in doing pull-ups, but, um, yeah, I try to stay strict though. I'd rather do, you know, 10 strict pull-ups. Um, this is just me. It's not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'd rather do 10 strict pull-ups than, you know, 20 kipping pull-ups. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. that's just me. Um, you know, but, uh, I feel like you really get a burn on the lats and your back when you really focus on the squeeze up top and, and, you know, and then coming down nice and slow. Um, but you know, to each their own. I mean, some of these guys that do the kipping style, man, I mean, they're, they're built like brick chimneys. So there's obviously some merit behind that as well. Well, I think there, there's, there's different reasons for it, right? Like if, if you're interested in a wide back and a strong back, uh, strict is the way to go, but CrossFit's done an interesting right. thing where they've turned the pull up you know that that butterfly variation is is more of a I would say it's not for strength training it's more of a it's more of an aerobic drill so you know for endurance for, right yeah it's aerobics and endurance and it, and it's cool to throw the back through some of that so I think a nice mix is in there so um no there's all types of things I know I've done some weird things with some weighted pull ups getting the rubber bands and slinging vests and things on but you know they also make this thing now for for avid you know because. You know, as fitness seems to seep into hunting, there's now like some hunting pack setups that just come with that like um, barbell stud on it, where you can kind of just load plates on. It's starting to get pretty interesting. Um, hmm. The things you can get. I have to find that. I have to find what that that product's called. But so I got the number, fellas, on what uh, uh, Mr. Truitt did. 
Uh, Cameron Haynes' son, this guy pulls off 4,100 pull-ups in 17 hours. Do you imagine? That's how many? <laughs> that is insane. 4,100 pull-ups in 17 hours. He did them. <laughs> Could you imagine? Wow. There's some, there's some maniacs out wow. there, folks. So, um, uh, whether Good for him. Yeah, whether you're like me and Pete, just trying to hang on to, you know, to the abilities that God gave you, or if you're looking to um, right. extend right. the limits of the human... <laughs> <laughs> the human uh, capabilities uh the, there's there's all options there with your pull up bars folks so uh so um so get after it folks Jeremy you're still tinkering away on your uh you, you know uh, we want you getting some pull ups but you know are we getting close to getting you to get that uh that one you can stock into the studs you know i um here's the unfortunate thing because <laughs> okay. when i reach up i reach up 8 feet tall right yep yep i can touch the ceiling almost I have nowhere in my house where I can mount that damn thing. I hear you. Except for in my in my living room, which <laughs> Michelle wouldn't that wouldn't fly. That's right. <clears throat> so even in my garage, my garage is even less. It's seven foot six. Hey. So I'm kind of I, I'm thinking I'm gonna do it outside where I'm just gonna mount it on the side of my house. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's there you a, go. That's the way to go. They so. also they make some pretty cool squat racks now where they have that pull up rig across the top. So um we'll get after it, man. Um I think pull ups I think pull ups are uh pull ups should be like on the same par with just you know, wiping your ass. It should be something someone right. does <laughs> like all out of nowhere. You know, maybe it's just at least in, in my short time on the planet, it seems like the more adults I come across, it just seems like they look at you sideways when you think that that's something everyone should be able to do. And um, I'll yeah. be honest with you, with all this home training and uh, doing PE with my kids, I've been in in four weeks period, all four of my kids have strict pull-ups now, including my five-year-old. So watching Lucy learn how to that's do pull-ups, awesome. everybody can do them. So um, if you guys need some help on that regard, reach out to Pete, reach out to me. Uh, Jeremy, hook you up. But uh, honestly, you just got to start trying, and it'll come along. Yeah, yeah. I got my door jam on, man. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's a no, start. Yeah, it looks, hey, you know what? That's at least it's something. I uh, I have the same problem, Jeremy. When I I uh, when we first moved up to Washington, uh, before we were living in Gig Harbor, we were in a house up in Sammamish, up up northeast a little bit, and um, our garage is the same thing. I I built a pull up bar that I had down in California, you know, just out of flanges and like you know two inch pipe. And it was my favorite bar, but I couldn't mount it anywhere because my garage is you know, short. Uh, and so, yeah, man, I, I, I was searching around the property thinking, like, what can I – it's funny. Like, whenever I go on vacation or whenever I'm at not my house, it's like I'm always looking at, like, what can I hang on to get a, to get a workout in, you know, be it a, a shed or a barn or a – I was doing pull-ups off our woodshed. And my, our, that was another thing. Our, nice. our neighbors still make fun <laughs> of me for it. Uh, you know, because I'd be out there, you know, hanging off the woodshed doing pull-ups. But you know, again, hey, whatever keeps you, whatever keeps you satisfied and young and strong, right? Yeah. So I got uh, just a quick change subjects here off of this, Pete. Um, I was I'm reading a book right now by Mark Kenyon. It's about, um, you know, he's kind of chronicling his own journeys through public lands, and he's kind of talking about Yellowstone a little bit. And he he, he talks about what public lands are, and and as he's telling his story about the origins of public lands. He's talking about how he had his own personal trips in some of these cool spots, but his first trip, uh, is in Yellowstone. And instantly, every time I think of Yellowstone, I think about, um, catching. I've, uh, did a little bit of fly fishing and yeah. pulling 
a rainbow trout, you know, out of Yellowstone was just, it's one of my coolest memories, you know, stacked up fishermen, fishermen. But uh, I bring that up because Jeremy says you're into fly fishing and I'd like to just, if it's, it's a topic we've talked about here. So um, how'd you get into that? I, uh, believe it or not, man, I was, I was 12 years old and the movie river runs through it came out. <laughs> I hear you. And, uh, and I, I, and now keep in mind, I was a big fisherman, like bass fisherman. I grew up in Southern California, uh, you know, which we weren't, uh, didn't have a lot of, you know, natural land around us. I mean, it was all man-made stuff and, and you had to drive, you know, six hours away minimum to be at a river that was worth fishing. But so I, uh, basically didn't get to do a lot of that as a kid, but I, I grew up, saw that movie, uh, like that Christmas, I literally got my first fly rod and, uh, started tying my own flies at 12. Oh, very um, cool. and just any, any, yeah, any book I could get my hands on that, that was, you know, associated with fly fishing. I, you know, read it and, and just drool over the pictures of some of these rivers and whatnot. And so, uh, finally when we moved up here, um, you know, I mean, it was like, it was like a kid in a candy store. I mean, I could drive an hour away and be at a river that was just unbelievably gorgeous. Um, and you know, I don't, I'm more of a, of a stream and river guy, although I'm missing the boat up here because evidently, I mean, the Puget Sound, everybody up here is like, that's like the Mecca of fly fishing is, you know, fishing for the, the sea runs and whatnot. And, and I haven't really gotten, believe it or not, I haven't gotten into that, which I need to, because it's literally like five minutes away from me. Um, but I love going up into the mountains and finding a river all by myself and kind of just getting lost up there for the day, man. And, uh, and it, I'm not, it doesn't matter like how big they are to me. I mean, I love going after little native, uh, you know, like little native rainbows and whatnot. I mean, they're beautiful fish, the, the, especially the natives because they're just the color on them. They're like little swimming pieces of art. I mean, they're just, they're so, they're so vibrant and bright. And, uh, you know, I, I usually try to use like a little lightweight, you know, like three weight rod, uh, and reel. Um, and you know, you, you throw some little nymphs out there, a little dries, depending on what time of day and time of year. And, uh, you have a blast, man. It's, it's a lot of fun, but, um, you speak of Montana, my the best fishing I've ever done, was uh, my dad and I, uh, gosh, this was about six or seven years ago. We went to uh, Craig, Montana, which is the hub hub of the Missouri River. Um, and for like a four-mile stretch, there is just more blue ribbon waters than, I mean, I dare say in North America. I mean, it is, if you haven't fished the Missouri River, uh, you, you start at Craig and you go from there, it is, unreal i mean the browns and the rainbows are i mean the average size i mean you're pulling in you know 18 19 20 inch fish like just right and left and it is just it's truly god's country up there it's absolutely gorgeous and uh i wish i could snap my fingers and be on that river right now um (laughs) someday soon hopefully well you bring up montana i did uh when i um Part of the reason I got into fly fishing was a buddy. I was living in Texas, and um, he wanted to drive out there. And I have family in Missoula, and for that two-week period that summer, my wife actually kicked me out of the house because she was studying for her board. So I, um, it was a cool reason to take a road trip out there. And um, I've had I've had a nice tug on a on a on a on a nice rainbow pulling out of um uh, we were where were we fishing the 
the same actually rivers that um that are featured in a river runs through it uh kind of run through stevensville montana and um right it's it's cool taking a float trip down some of those um down some of those shots and getting after it i mean those things come out those things those guys come out of the river like like dinosaurs kind of chasing those big if you can yeah they're 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 hogs man i mean they're um you're right i mean they yeah they 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 produce some big i mean the the fish at least the fish in the rivers up here i'm not talking steelhead but in washington i mean you're not going to get the big hogs like that uh, i mean again unless you land a steelhead but yeah man in montana it is uh right and left i mean you're pulling out again 18 18 inch rainbows uh that are just fat and thick and they're eating a lot of bugs i'll tell you that they're not they're not starving yeah that's cool i mean to catch it to catch a nice um to catch a nice hatch on on a kind of one of those nostalgic uh rivers is just a neat thing and um you know it river Absolutely. movies like a river run through it are cool but in the back of my mind when i see them sometimes i'm also feel sorry for some folks who that's their only experience with places like that you know like even in kenyan's right. book that kind of gets me on this topic it's like yeah yellowstone exists but as iconic as it is sometimes just watching the documentary is enough for people and they you don't realize that right. some of these places like the rivers you speak of or even the sound that you have access to and and even yellowstone itself i mean it's all out there for people to get into um I think it's. Right. Co- I think what's cool about that story is, and if 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 um I go back to it, it sounded like you picked up fly fishing as a kid, but then it also I also heard you. you did you get your father into it as well? Kind of like a reverse introduction. Well, so my dad, yeah, I mean, so my dad was always uh, my dad. I grew up. I mean, my dad loves fishing. Still loves fishing to this day. Again, though, because of where we grew up, it was more predicated on like bass fishing. You know, sure. lake lake and bass fishing and. And then some, also some deep sea fishing, like we go out, you know, out of, uh, you know, down in Orange County and go out, you know, uh, and, and fish for tuna or bonita or whatever, you know, Dorado. Um, but as a kid, I always just, I was always drawn to the mountains and rivers. And maybe that's obviously why I'm, why I've chose to move up to the Pacific Northwest. Obviously it's just, ever since I was a kid, this, this was like, I knew this was where I was supposed to be. Um, and my dad just loving fishing period. Yeah. When I got into it, uh, he got into it and then we, uh, and that was kind of like a bucket list item of mine. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, that trip to Montana, I thought, you know what? Um, you know, I, I have to go on like a, a true like fishing trip with my father, uh, to where like, we're really in like blue ribbon trout waters to where we'll remember this forever you know, and, uh, boy, I, I'm so glad I did that trip. I mean, and, and we're, uh, we're already trying to plan, uh, plan a ne- another trip. Uh, and we fished obviously a lot between that trip, you know, just locally and, and whatnot. I go up with them up. We go up to like North Bend and Fall City up to the Snoqualmie River up there, you know, in the summer times and fish and, uh, and have great afternoons. But again, it's nothing, nothing quite right. Nothing quite like uh, Montana, that's for sure. Well, not to um, not to get you to detour from the trip you're planning now, but I have an uncle um, who is also an avid fly fisherman, and uh, he is uh, he's retired and he's retired well. So he's you know he's always sending me video of you know I'm catching this tarp in here, I'm going here, I'm going that. 
uh, his nice. he's done some really cool stuff out in Alaska, and just to hear his stories oh, yeah. about you know, like, you know, seventy two salmon in a day, and you know, uh, uh, the king that almost gosh. broke my rod. You know, there there's some there's some wild uh, stuff out there. So uh, maybe that maybe that's the next step up for you and the family. I'll tell you, you know, now being up, it's funny, like because growing up in Southern California, you know, Alaska was kind of like that was a pretty big john. You know, I mean, that was yeah. like a, a pretty big you know commute. But now uh, being up here, I mean, that's, it's, it's a lot more feasible to get up to Alaska and I've never been to Alaska. Actually, Hmm. I've, I've, uh, that's one state that I've actually not been to. And, and if I go, you could better darn be sure I'm going to be packing a fly rod. Um, because that is, that is on, that is definitely on my, my short list of destinations to, uh, to stick a a few trout in, uh, or salmon by the, by, you know, yeah, either, or I'd be happy with. Cool. Well, um, you know, we've gotten about 30 minutes into this, Pete, and we haven't done a proper introduction. And, uh, <laughs> as we, um, as we bring up no your, as we, as we bring up your family, Pete, I think it's a, a probably a good time to do it. Um, uh, the, the, the third guy on the call is, uh, Pete Dahlgren and, um, Pete actually, Pete and his, Pete runs a cool family business that um, Jeremy and I have mentioned here before, uh, the the Ellsworth Ellsworth Socks, which is a it's it's a really cool situation. And what I, what I love about it is it's 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 um it kind of speaks to what this country's all about, where you can have this cool, innovative uh, family business. And um, Pete, if you don't mind, absolutely, it'd be interesting for me um, to get the full story on on how your family got involved with with that. Right. So, uh, well, we, uh, backstory about my family is we come, this kind of tells about the name of it. Uh, you know, we come, our family's big in baseball. Uh, cool. we grew up, uh, you know, my, my grandfather played professional ball. Um, and then my dad and uncle, uh, both played professionally and my, my, one of my brothers played professionally. And so, uh, my grandfather made a career out of it, though. I mean, out of out of all of us, I mean, he actually, I mean, that's he was a major league baseball player for many years, and and so growing up, we had a lot of great stories, and he was kind of like the, it still is. I mean, he was my rock, my idol. Him and my father, um, you know, were just always ones that I was always looking up to, and and so uh, after being very athletic, you know, my dad and my uncle, they they wanted to still stick with something that had to do with athletics. And so they got into the footwear business and I'm, I'm going way back, you know, like the early seventies. Okay. And, uh, they got involved with footwear and shoes and then, and then kind of got interested in socks. And then, then my dad and his brother had a company and then, um, uh, and then in 2000 and, uh, late 2000s, like 2009, 2010, my dad, you know, had these ideas and, and, and he said, you know what, this is a perfect time. I mean, I was old enough at the time and my brothers were, were old enough at the time. And we kind of said, you know, we're going to start our own thing. We're going to get it going. And, um, and so we, uh, my brother and my dad were at some diet was at this little diner and they were just trying to conjure up a name of the company. And my brother said, well, what, why don't we just name it after, after babe that my grandfather's name is babe Dahlgren, but his legal name was ellsworth very cool um and so we'll just call it ellsworth you know ellsworth and company and so we thought yeah all right that's that that works and uh you know it's just kind of a tribute to him and and our family business and um you know and and it's i can't tell you how much uh you know you talk about an education being able to travel the country with your father 
uh, and going on different calls and going in different factories and different mills and, and really learning the business. I mean, if you were to ask me when I was in high school, hey, are you, do you want to be involved with socks or, or start a uh, hosiery company? I would have said, no, I want to be the third baseman for the you know, New York Yankees. That's right. Um, it really has become a passion. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, when it, you really live, eat and breathe it. Um, and, and especially when it's something that your dad is kind of passing along to you. Um, and, and you're, you know, you're on a daily basis, basically just absorbing all, all this knowledge of, you know, 45, 50 years of knowledge. Um, you know, so it's something that I take very serious. And, and another reason, that even ups the ante of, of why we take it so serious is our main client is the military. And, you know, for me, I mean, I, I didn't serve, um, but I'm, I'm so thankful and grateful for those that did and do uh, to be able to contribute to them in our, in our way that we can um, means the world to us. And it's something that we take very serious and, and really, it sincerely means a lot to us. You know, I can't tell you how much it means when when I, when I meet a Marine or an Airman or or somebody that says, "Gosh, I, I wore your socks," and I can't tell you how comfortable they were. Or they, when I was deployed in Iraq, I mean, your socks are great. That to me uh, means the world to us. So it really does. Well, I definitely want to touch on um, how you guys support. Yeah, military endeavors with with your product but i want i want you to because you know it's funny you bring up the whole i'd rather be the third baseman for the yankees and get into socks like yeah. i can imagine yeah. many many other occupations <laughs> even ahead of yeah. being third baseman for the yankees before i would even consider socks right. and i can remember even right. jeremy bringing up the the he's like joe these socks are great. I couldn't sleep. They're awesome. Like he was just telling, I'm like, I'm like, okay, man, they're socks, but like, so, so, right. so make the play because, you know, eventually there had to been a jump from, okay, let's make sneakers to, okay, let's, let's get into socks. Is there a, is there a reason the family went into socks? I mean, in particular, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, my, my dad, uh, ever since, I mean, I, ever since I, my earliest memories of my father, He's he's the type of guy that's always trying to make a better mousetrap. Hmm. Uh, he's an innovator. He's an inventor. Um, and so when you when you in in how that parallels to socks is is you know unlike boots um, and outerwear. I mean, if you for instance, if you take a boot from 1970 and you take a boot from today, hmm. I mean there there is visible substantial differences as far as the technical improvements and enhancements, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, all, from, from, from the soles and the compounds and the materials they're using to, to the, um, you know, supports and whatnot, they've, they've advanced uh, leap years. But well, however... I know, to piggyback on your you look, point, to piggyback on that right. point, not to, not to cut you off there, sorry, Skype's a little interesting, but, you know, there's a really, no, pa- right. there's, there's a really cool documentary going on right now on ESPN about the whole... Um, the come up of the Jordan, the Jordan basketball. Yeah. I don't know if you've, yeah, my ca- brother was telling me about that. Yeah, well, there's a moment in one of the latest episodes where as Michael Jordan's tribute to the, um, to playing at Madison square garden late in his career, he went back and wore the Jordan ones. And it's funny wow. because when he did that, he just talked about how 
his feet couldn't his feet loved that shoe in the beginning but with all the innovations to play basketball in that old shoe his feet were like bleeding right so it's it's right. it's funny right. what you get into and and in, in, in that advances and 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 whatnot well, yeah and and that's but that was the opportunity that was kind of um was my father's light bulb moment was you know on the on the flip side if you look at if you take a sock from 1970 and compare it to every other and I'm not talking our sock but every other sock and I'm and look I'm not I'll never down talk any other socks I mean I I I being in the industry I respect and admire uh all different companies in, in, you know, what they do, but I'm just making a point. If you look at the con- construction on some of our competitors and I won't name names, but they're really, you know, uh, you know, they're using a little bit better quality, you know, Merino wools, I would say, and maybe some better quality nylons material wise. It's, it's, it's improved. Um, but as far as like uh, a structural, uh, it hasn't really improved um, design-wise, if you know what I'm saying. So sure. it's like no one's really thought, okay, how do we, yeah, we've got these better materials and we've got these great merino wools and they're super washed now and they're not itchy like the old wools used to be and and spandex and nylons and whatnot. But how do we then pair that and partner that with an innovative, innovative design that's going to kind of work hand in hand? And, and our main mission is, is to keep your foot drier. Okay. I mean, and, and, you know, that's something that no matter what you do, what, what boot or shoe you put on, when you put a sock on and then put a boot or a shoe on, um, you're going to create a pretty much hundred percent humid atmosphere down there on your foot within five, 10 minutes. Hmm. And so our main mission was how do we get, uh, how do we, how do we get the sweat that's forming naturally on your foot, how do we start to move that and get it off the bottom of your foot, up the sides to the instep area, which is up in the top of your foot to where it could really start evaporating and, and keep the bottom of your foot dry, which essentially will keep you, uh, you know, reduce blisters and, and keep your foot fatigue. Obviously, I mean, it'll keep you going longer. Sure. And that's the bottom line. That's our mission. Well, I mean, how many, I mean, Jeremy, you know, we've talked about this and I mean, people will spend, uh, you know, first off, they're, they're, you might not break your boots in, but uh, you know, you, you feet what? feet issue. Yeah, feet, well, feet issues are are the re, well. Some, I mean, it's one of the first things you hear that probably ruins somebody's hunt, right? I mean, um, and and how often are you know folks might think about the sock, or excuse me, folks might think about well, I need new boots or I need to break them in, but um, generally, it's like what's that layer between your foot and your boot? I mean, it's 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 right. it's rarely discussed. Right. Yeah, and it, to me, it's like well, you know, you're going to spend you know 300 bucks on a pair of boots, and then all of a sudden, you, you put in the you know the, the you know the cotton tube sock that everybody wears. You know, yeah, you're not doing yeah. you're not doing yeah. the same service, right? I mean, it all works together. No, you're not no. going to throw diesel yeah. in a Ferrari, right? Yeah, I was just going to say that analogy is it'd be like putting putting the wrong gas in a in a advanced you know high end engine. You know, I mean, it's just. Uh, you know, and again, uh, you know, merino wool is is a wonderful fiber. Um, interestingly enough, it 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 deals with sweat in vapor form. So, uh, you know, before it actually turns to liquid on your foot, merino wool is is 
essentially drawing in the vapor that your that your body's creating naturally. And so when we partner that with our design, we call it the V channel design, where essentially we've we've knit in passageways for that for that vapor to travel uh, essentially freer. Um, uh, it it just enhances the performance of of the fiber itself, well, and ultimately uh, you know keeps your foot uh, drier. You so, know, and that's again that's the end game. So can you speak on that one more moment, just just to give folks just another consideration when they're doing socks when when you consider mm-hmm. when you consider what happens with a cotton sock versus let's not even worry about V channel right now, but just how right. how even merino wool or wool in general reacts yeah. with it. I mean, what, can you just um just well, clarify that difference? Yeah, I mean, they, Absolutely. I mean, cotton is going to fail. Cotton, cotton is going to fail. Uh, and again, uh, uh, don't hold me to this, but it's going to fail at about eight percent of its of its weight. I mean, it's it's only going to draw up uh, a very little amount of moisture before it bogs down and it's done. And it's going to stay wet. And one thing with cotton is, is when it stays wet, uh, or when it is wet, it it it's going to be cold and clammy, and and you're going to have blisters. I mean regardless if it's our sock or any other sock, I mean, I would never recommend cotton on anything active. I mean, look, if you're going to be kicking around your house, I mean, I don't, I don't own a cotton sock regardless. Okay. Mm. But, but if, if you're going to be, you know, watching TV in a cotton sock, that's one thing, but if you're going to be doing anything active, uh, Merino wool is, is just a, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful fiber and, it, and it's a big kind of misconception. People, People that are uh, maybe uneducated on on merino wool, or, or don't realize some of the benefits, is you know they always maybe jump to the conclusion that merino wool they think oh it's just to keep you warm you know it's just on a on a you know just for cold weather, and 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 it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean our we have special forces wearing our socks. In fact, we created a, a tropical sock specifically for the Marine Corps, uh, and that our the, the majority of the content in it is merino wool. Um, merino wool is an it. it it not only does it deal with with sweat and vapor form, unlike any other fiber, but it's a natural heat regulator. So, in essence, when you're when you're cold, it's going to keep your body warm, and when you're you know hot, it's going to keep your body cool. And furthermore, worst case scenario, if the fiber does get wet, it still insulates your body. So, uh, I mean, I was at Disneyland a couple years ago. And it poured down rain, uh, and I didn't have waterproof shoes, unfortunately. And so my feet got drenched. But I had our socks on. And at that point, I mean, my socks were soaked, but yet the, the wool was keeping my foot insulated, and my feet were completely fine. You know, whereas my, you know, my friend who was with us was wearing cotton socks, and their feet was, they're like icebergs, you know. So wool is a, a wonderful fiber. No, I'm I'm a I'm a big believer in wool in Germany. You know, I mean, my first our first elk camp. How much did it rain? Two years ago, uh, it rained. It rained six out of the five days we were there. <laughs> I mean, we we yeah. were soaked, and as soaked as I got, I was out yeah. there pretty. You know, and I I got into wool in particular because of you know the antimicrobial aspect of it as well. Like it just. And that's- I was hoping it on the head. I was yeah. hoping to keep you know smell down and stuff, but then you know just being soaked, but still being you know, to, to still stay warm. And, um, you know, it, it, it is a, it, it's a pretty amazing fiber, but I'll say this to you, like, I'll speak to your point. I, I'm definitely guilty of only considering the wool sock 
on cold weather days. Um, I, yeah. I've not really thought about it. You know, talk to us about the tropical sock then, because I, I'm doing a bunch of trail running here in the summer, and um, although Jeremy's put me into um, uh, your winter sock. Um, did, right. did you mess with uh, because I, look, the winter sock that I've used and um, I've spoken about on the podcast? I've I wore a non insulated boot with that winter sock, and right. as long as I was moving, I was fine. I I, I right. wouldn't call it a right. sitting. Right. That wouldn't be the setup to sit on for whitetail or something like that. But honestly, right, right, right. I, well, I was moving in that non insulated sock in the snow. We were killing it. Um, do do you? And, and, and I have the specs on that sock. That one was about 83% wool, a little bit of nylon, yeah. and some spandex. So do you, do you mess with the ratios a little bit? I mean, how does that tropical sock differ from the, the, the heavy wool sock that we, or that winter sock? That's a good question. So the, the tropical sock is going to have a little less wool. I mean, it's going to be more around like the 60 to 65% uh, okay. content as far as wool. Um, but but it's knit on a different machine. It's knit on a uh, 168 needle machine, which is – one of the finest, in my opinion, the finest all-around knitting machine uh, when it comes to hosiery. Mm. Um, the, the machines are basically gauged in, in needle counts. So you have, you know, the 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 more needles is going to be the finer the socks. So like your dress socks are going to be 200 needles or your really like fine thin socks are going to be 200 needles. And then it drops down to a 168, which is going to be like your hike, like a light hiking sock, which is which is the equivalent of like our military boot sock. Um, if, if somebody had to say, Hey, you have like one sock to throw in your bag and that's, that's your go-to. Um, I say like our boot sock, our, our 168 needle, uh, boot sock is probably your best all purpose sock in the sense that it will keep you warm down to freezing temperatures. But again, I've worn them at over a hundred degrees. Mm. And on the contrary, it's going to keep your foot regulated. Um, in the tropical sock, what we did is we took that design. The Marines tested our original boot sock, and they they really liked it. But the project officer was saying, "Hey, can we can we lighten it up even more?" Um, in 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 terms of the leg, and so we ended up actually running like mesh, an entire mesh structure from essentially the ankle all the way up to the welt, top of the leg, all the way around the leg. Um, and so when it's put on your leg, I mean, it's almost sheer. It's almost like see-through. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you're in a hot, humid environment, um, in your so- and you're, you know, you're trudging through swamps or marsh or whatever, and your, your boots are getting wet and your uniform's getting wet, you want as much, you know, that mesh basically allows it to air out. I mean, our, our whole thing is to promote, promote airflow. Um, that's our whole, our whole mission, be it if it's with our V channels on your foot or the true mesh design that's up on your leg. I mean, the more airflow that you could provide somebody wearing a sock, the better off they're going to be. Um, and, uh, that tropical sock, it's uh, very proud of that one. That was, uh, that, that's a, that's a beast. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome sock and, um, and, you know, it, it works well. I mean, I've had, I've had Marines come up to me after they were in okinawa at you know 98 degrees with 98 percent humidity saying the sock was amazing you know it it kept their foot dry and comfortable and 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 kept them going which is which is the name of the game well very cool and then i have a question about how maybe just another layer of like um 
you know, pairing the sock with, because, you know, I, I'm picturing a soldier, you know, the way they button up their boots and strap down. I mean, that's got to be pretty right. interesting. And then, you know, I can also think of like, you know, hunters throwing in insulated vo- boots versus non-insulated boots. I mean, could you make like a general right. recommendation for this? Like, because, you know, because you no matter what you do with your sock, it's still just a piece of the puzzle. So I'd imagine on the outside of it, right. you'd still want to set some things up appropriately so you can get that airflow because, you know, I watch my kids sometimes, and even this summer, you know, they're going out to play in the snow, and the wife's like, okay, put a plastic bag in their shoe, get a sock on, do this, and all of a sudden, you're trying to, you're trying to, it's, you're packing a sausage, right? So it's, so right. it makes me think that there, there even needs to be a bit in how everyone puts that together to, to make all the pieces work optimally. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, and, and again, when it comes to socks, especially with the newer foot tech, and, or I should say the newer boot technology, you know, it used to be where you had to, you know, really put on, you know, this big, huge, thick oven mitt of a sock uh, because your boot had no insulation and, and yeah. you had to, you know, I mean, people were going up even in sizes, you know, a, a size or two bigger than their actual foot because these socks are so thick, but with the technology of, of footwear and boots, uh, as far as not only the insulation, but also the, cushion, you know, people used to wear thick socks as well for cushioning. Um, now with the advancements in footwear, you know, really, um, and also the advancements in, in just the, the way that Merino wool is processed and in, in the fibers that we're using, um, it's not always like the old school way of thought, you know, where if it's cold, you're going to put the thickest, heaviest sock on. Um, you know, and again, people don't realize it, but even in the cold, your foot's going to sweat. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, what you don't want to do, and this is why, like, even I, I'm not a big proponent myself personally of like liners is because you put a liner on your foot, you mentioned a plastic bag on your kid's foot, but the, yeah. the, here's the problem is, is liners and anything that's all synthetic and you know like my dad would always tell me if you hold a a, a, you know a lighter up to a liner or a candle it's going to drip i mean it's going to literally drip and it's going to dry it's plastic so and and if you can imagine try drying off with a here's a prime example try drying your body off with a synthetic towel um you're going to be very frustrated because you're going to be basically just (laughs) moving water from 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 one from one side of your body to the other. And, hmm. and here's a deal like synthetic, synthetic fibers, they definitely have their place in, in, uh, outerwear or shells or, or even, even potentially base layers in the sense of like where you have ambient air being able to draw, draw that moisture out. But when you're talking about foot, um, the foot application and specifically socks, my main, um, advice to those is, is focus on a start at the content of your sock. Um, you know, know, know what application you're going to be using these socks in, but start at the content. I'd all, again, always proponent of Merino wool. Uh, like you said, it's antimicrobial natural heat regulator, um, for the military. It's, it's, it's flame resistant. I mean, it's not technically fire retardant, but it's flame resistant naturally with no added chemicals. Mm. So it's just a wonderful fiber to start with. And then basically, Look, if you're a guy that wants a little bit more cushioning, then then obviously you can go with a thicker sock. But don't always just think it's just also like the the new age jackets and whatnot. It's not always like the the thickest sock is going to keep you the warmest. Um, 
uh, it's more about what application you're going to be using it for. Very cool. No, it's, it's something to think about. And, um, you know, I'm someone who definitely sweats through my feet like big time and, and, and socks have been, yeah. socks have always been an interesting thing for me. And, um, it actually wasn't until I got into hunting that I started even looking at wool in general and, and I'm with you. Um, right. Uh, wool's what I want to put on my feet, you know, most of the time. If if I'm not if I'm not barefoot and I'm I have to put on you know a trail shoe to to get after it, I I really like I really like running in wool. Um, it, it seems right. it seems to make sense, and I've never thought about it the way you said. I mean, because because that foot is enclosed, it's just a different it's just a different beast. But again, you're, you're bringing up Absolutely. some you're bringing up different things to just. You know, if, if you're really looking for that 1% or that 2% to get you through a hunt, you know, sometimes they all compound by, you know, all these little things adding up. And it seems like, you know, the sock consideration um, just needs to uh, needs to be higher up on the priority list. You know, your feet, no matter what you're yeah, doing, every yeah, time you touch the ground, absolutely. That, that interaction. Can you talk to us a little bit more about this? Um, I, I want to get back to the, the thought of what you're using this V-channel technology within the sock to move – to right. move the moisture up because you know most socks are flat and when jeremy put me right. on these things i'm like uh uh all these rivets there I, I don't see yeah. it i don't see it working but it does it's unbelievable yeah well so i mean in essence my to kind of take you back really quick so my dad again the innovator that he is uh i mean this was this was back before we even had the machines in the united states that could do the design he kind of conjured up but uh he was looking at a rain tire ad, huh. uh, you know, he's flipping through like a, a magazine an outdoor magazine. And, and, and one of the ads was for this rain tire. I don't even remember what company it was, but, and it just like right then hit him like, like a left hook. I mean, he thought, wow, this is, why can't we implement this premise, this principle into the, into the inside of the sock and essentially knit in channels uh, for to, to essentially what we're trying to do, uh, I, I tell people we do with sweat what a rain tire does with water. That's so awesome. we, we allow, we allow passageways for the sweat to escape. You know, you have a, if you think of a traditional sock where the entire bed footbed of the sock is cushioned and cushioning is great. Okay. I'm not, I'm not knocking these socks, but what it, what the, the flip side to cushioning where it's not great is it once you start to sweat, and again, remember, you start to sweat literally within five, ten minutes max, I mean, of, of, of putting on your shoe or boot. Once you start to sweat, that cushion now is like the five freeway at five o'clock on a Friday night, okay? So there's no, the, the cushion essentially traps the sweat in, uh, the Terry cushioning. And so we thought, okay, if we knit in literally structural three-dimensional different heights and channels, if we knit in these channels into the bottom of the footbed of the sock, the sweat's going to have a, a, a least pass res, a path of resistance to escape. It's less, to really break it down simple, it's just less volume and matter of sock that the sweat has to fight through to get out. And, and that's the bottom line. And when you Water, it's really a natural phenomenon as far as water is always going to take or anything liquid or vapor is always going to take the fastest path of least resistance to escape, hmm. um, be it, be it a, a leak on your roof or, or you know, you, you put it, go out in the middle of the desert and put an eyedropper down and squeeze it into the sand and you watch the water is going to go out 
to the side. It's going to escape. Okay. So water is always trying to find the quickest path out. Um, and so we just give it that path and, uh, you know, in doing tests, as far as like sweat retention test, we've, we've had uh, people training our socks wearing, you know, our sock and a competitor's sock with a full Terry cushion. Um, and then weigh the sock before this workout, weigh it after the workout, see how much sweat is retained in the sock and actually calculate that out into a, an equation. Also do thermal imaging tests and see really where, where the heat transfer is and, and how these channels are working. You're looking at about 45% uh, difference as far as a 40%, 45% drier uh, using our system than your traditional system. And, uh, and again, I can't tell you how many letters I've gotten from, and especially those from the military that have said like, you know, this is just like, I can't believe no one's done this. You know, it's like, I, you know, it's like, but, but this works. Like my feet are actually, they're, they're noticeably drier in less sweat at the end of the days, you know, I take my boots off and sure the socks are going to be damp. And if that, and, in that's, that means they're doing their job, sure. but your foot itself, when you take your sock off, um, your foot is, is drier, uh, if not completely dry. And that's, that's the name of the game. Well, you avoid that, you avoid that. And this is true. And I can speak to it. If, you know, um, I'll give you a personal uh, testimony right now. Um, you don't have that swamp foot effect. You know, everyone's, you know, Absolutely. you know, when, when you wear, I've been there, whether it's been on a snowstorm and, and you, you do, you know, you make that rookie mistake, you, you know, you got one sock, the plastic bag, another right. sock, and then, or even if yep. you're just out in the rain too long, when you take that, you know, you start yeah. to get really weird flaking of your bottom foot, they turn all white and gangly. Um, I'll be honest with you, yeah. your socks yeah. fix that. It's pretty, and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty rad. Um, um. It's pretty, no, it's, that, uh, that, and that's that's great to hear. Honestly, I mean that that you don't know how much that means to us. Um, I mean, just it's hearing testimonials like that that keeps us constantly striving for. Look, our, 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 I will never claim that we're perfect. Sure. Um, all we're all we're trying to do is just do something a, a little bit more than the other guy. And and again, it's it's it, we're all we're always thinking about innovation. How can we make this better? Um, and, and until I'm, I mean, while I'm on this earth, I'm always going to be constantly looking at something and trying to kind of twist and turn it and look at it from all different angles and say, okay, well, how can we, how can we tweak this and how can we enhance this and improve this? And, and, uh, that's what we're all about. We're all about innovation and, and it just so happens to be in socks, but, uh, but it's really become our, uh, our passion. I mean, it really has, and especially working with the military. Well, before we get into, uh, the, the military aspect of it, cause my wife's, uh, active, my, my wife's active duty army. She's a physical therapist. She works at JBLM and, um, you know, Fantastic. outside looking in. Thank, and, uh, please thank her for her service on behalf of us, Joe. I sincerely uh, mean that. I'll th- I'll thank her. Um, I'm going to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll find a creative way to do it. Uh, maybe I'll put a, I'll, I'll, I'll wear, I'll wear, <laughs> I'll wear a pair of your socks. Some socks. Yeah. I'll, I'll dangle. Okay. Well, I'll let you give her socks while I'm getting creative, but, um, but my, I'll, cha- <laughs> I'll challenge you here, Pete. Um, I'll tell you, I, to be honest, I like to run every now and then in a, in a sock that's not a high sock. You know, I like the little booty sock here and there. Cause you know, right. I got great ankles. I want people to see them. But right, right. but those <laughs> right. those small socks don't seem to want to stay up. So even though with your even your 
even your high socks or um, the full sock that you guys wear, you're, they have a great ability that they just stick, you know, and, and you know, right. socks not staying up or socks crawling under your foot, you know, when they're short socks, just a bit of a pain. That's the worst. Is this, yeah. do you, I mean, what are you doing to keep, is that, is that just the construction of the sock or is this where synthetic blends yeah. kind of no, tinkering a little bit? No, no. And I mean, it, no, I mean, there's, there's specific features that we put into our socks. So for instance, on our, on our boot sock and cold weather sock, um, we put what's called an ankle anchor in. So it's um, not only do you have the welt up top on the top of your leg, but uh, what people don't realize is you've got to tether that down hmm. um, with some support down around right above your ankle. So it's almost like, um, again, it's like a tether. So you have support down on your ankle and you have support up on, you know, wherever that, wherever your welt is. Um, if you don't have that, that ankle anchor down there, then, then obviously uh, you have the, you know, you have the, the welt holding it up, but then the sock's going to start slipping down. So, and again, I mean, there's like, uh, you know, there's features on our sock that are extra features that we don't even, we just think of them like, okay, that's just a given, but like, you know, and again, I'm not going to name names, but a lot of other companies aren't doing it, you know, mesh in steps and obviously arch supports, but again, you know, an ankle anchor and a double welted top that will stay up obviously seamless toe. That's another big thing with the machinery we use um, is the capabilities of a, of a true seamless toe. So typically uh, in, in, you know, uh, you know, 10 years ago and, and prior when you're knitting a sock um, and even on machines that are used today, a lot of mills around the country is when you're knitting a sock, the toe is finished open, wide open. And hmm. so essentially then what that sock has to do is they have to run that through uh, 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 like a, what's called a Rosso loop or a toe closing machine. And it puts a seam there. Well, I remember even as a kid, those seams to me as a little kid, I hate that seam. We're so annoying. <laughs> oh, it's just brutal. I mean, I think everybody hates that seam, you know, uh, to the point where like, I'd want to wear my socks in, you know, inside out yes. where I didn't have to feel that seam. Well, if you look at our socks, that seam is completely seamless that when, when the sock gets done being knit, that, it is knit completely closed and huh. ready to go. So it is, uh, that seam is completely flat, low profile, uh, right off the machine. And, um, so it makes for a stronger seam and it makes for a seamless, true seamless seam. Yeah. And what's also cool is it seems like your sock brings in the shape of the foot more than it's just a tube. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I'll speak on this, you know, I've gone to, you know, usually I, I really like to wear chucks and vans, but if I'm going to be doing something high performance, I actually run in a shoe called an Ultra because it's got mm -hmm. the wide toe box and, and it allows the foot yeah. to do its thing. And, and, and that little seam option that, that you guys, I, I never even thought about that as part of another issue of comfort because, you know, my, my foot construction is interesting. I have, a, I think I have a wide toe box, but, you know, interestingly enough, my second toe is longer than my big toe. And it, it just right. makes for a fit to be really interesting, um, where I actually have to go up about a half size and, and do certain things. But, um, you know, it, it makes me think that maybe that's another reason I'm drawn to the sock because that you're right. Um, intuition or whatnot, that, that stupid seam is a real booger and it can, yeah. it makes for a really yeah. uncomfortable wear. And I tell you, I, you mentioned Ultra. I mean, that 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 is a company that that I respect and admire in yeah. the sense that they, you know, again, the world didn't need another shoe, just like the world didn't need another sock. But <laughs> That's if, right. If you're gonna if you're gonna do something 
innovative with that shoe and you look at their toe box features and you look at the other features of that shoe, the, those shoes are amazing. Yeah. And, and again, it's, they're, they're packed with innovation. And again, I mean, I, I'll, I'll tell anybody that I'm talking to our socks about, I'm the first one to say, Hey, if our socks, if the only thing different in our sock was just the, you know, the label or the logo or our design of, you know, what colors we're knitting them with, then who needs that? But if, you know, we're, we're all about doing something structurally different, you know, by way of design. And, mm. and that's where we come in. Well, what you got to do is find a, you got to find a Merino strain that's uh, Hunter's orange. You know, I think that, you know, or, or, you go, or even now right? Hunter's pink, we'll work that out. But, um, no, it's, a, it's, yeah, right. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a cool sock and, um, you know, it, it's, I've, I mean, I've seen benefit from it, you know, and, you know, you got to figure for even the hunting community, like, you know, a group that will, will nerd out on so many different aspects of what they put in their pack, right. whether it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to match this aluminum scratch plate with this scratch board. And, you know, I got to put this nip and this diaphragm to get that sound, you know, it, it would only imagine right, that eventually right. you'd get to the point where you think so, you know, so detail, you, you put so much detail into the, you know, what you're putting between your boot and your foot, you know, it just makes sense. And it's, it's pretty cool. You know, absolutely. You know, I, I talk about this weird experience. I was in Hawaii and I got duped into doing this hair show. I was looking like a caveman, right? I, um, you know, I, <laughs> I had this big beard, I grew my hair out, I was going crazy and I got, I got duped into doing this. And it was the, the coolest experience of doing that and having this makeover was, to sit down for three hours or someone cut your hair who is a true professional just to hear about right. all the different reasons they do it. And I think whether it's socks or right. cutting hair, you know, there's there's innovation to be out there and to have a passion for it is, is pretty rad. Um, and I commend you guys on it. Absolutely. I'll tell you, it's it's a neat product. Y'all should test it out. Um, but I'll say one thing. I want to kick it to you here. You've mentioned the military so much. How, how did you guys even – did you reach out to them first or did you design the – did you say, hey, guys, we want to solve these problems for you? Speak on that a little bit because it sounds like something that you're, yeah, you're super passionate it, it, about. It, it's a, I, I am. And so we um, we knew we had something as far as a, a design that was unlike anything else. And, and we, knew, we knew that it worked. And, you know, we, we said, you know what? We're going to put this to the best test, you know, to that, that we can, which is the military. Our philosophy was if it works for the military, um, it, it will work for anybody. Hmm. And, and even more importantly than that, our philosophy was if anybody deserves the best gear, okay, oh, it's those who it's those who allow me as an American to, to run a small business. Okay. I mean, I have those freedoms because of, because of our service members in our military. I mean, you know, and that's, if, if, if it wasn't for these folks in generations before these folks, we'd all be singing a much different tune. And, and I just, it's something I take to heart. It's something that I teach my kids. Um, it's something that they're aware of that I make sure as a father, they're aware of it. Um, and uh, in in every hand that I shake at these shows and these different soldiers that I speak to, I sincerely for uh, for what they did because again, I mean, look, I get to go to bed and and you know have dinner with my family every night and you know sleep in a comfortable bed and 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 enjoy the comforts of my home because of the sacrifices that these men and women are are laying down. Um, and so, yeah, to answer your question, we, 
we flew out to Colorado and, um, and went to Peterson Air Force Base. Uh, they, were, they were having a small on-base, um, almost essentially like a trade, not a trade show, but like a gear show, uh, a military gear show and um, equipment show. And we went to the base and spoke to the, to the store manager. And, and again, he said, you know, we, we've got five, six other brands. We really don't need another sock. <laughs> and so we literally said, listen, we said, if, bring our sock in. If it doesn't sell for you, if you don't like it, we'll, we'll, we'll buy it. Whatever you buy, we'll buy it completely back for you. We, we, we have no questions asked. And so he said, okay, you got a deal. And literally, you know, about a week or two later, I received an email from the store manager just saying, hey, great problem. He goes, we're out of your socks. Fired up. They love them. Uh, I'm going to be putting in another P.O., and um, that was our first account, Peterson Air Force Base, U.S. Air Force Base out there in Colorado. And basically, we just, uh, it's like knocking on doors. We just, uh, you know, a lot of traveling, a lot of calling, and a lot of sending out samples and phone calls explaining what we do and why we do it, what separates us. And I think that passion kind of resonated through, um, at least enough for people to give us, open the door and give us a test. And uh, that's all I've ever asked for is just look, let our, let our sock speak for itself. Um, we're not going to be for everybody, but uh, for the most part, everybody that tries it uh, really appreciates it. So uh, started with one base and, uh, and has grown, grown from there. Well, um, when I pack for a hunting camp, I usually put like 14 pairs of like wool socks in my thing. And uh, right. th- this last um, uh, late season hunt with Jeremy, I actually had eight pairs of socks. Um, and right. I, I only had to wear one, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean that's the neat thing about wool too is, I mean, like you had mentioned earlier, it's just the antimicrobial properties of it. Um, you know, uh, I mean, it's, you know, obviously not going to get that stink like, you know, synthetics do. Yeah. And if, if, and it's interesting, if you were to look at a synthetic fiber, under a microscope, it almost looks like a four leaf clover in the sense of there's little, hmm. there's, you know, you have, you have high, like a, a ridge point, and then a valley, then a ridge point, and then a valley. And, and the problem is, is those valleys trap all that moisture. And, and then when the moisture has nowhere to go, that's when you get that funky stuff growing in there. And that's, that's no bueno. Nobody wants that. So, oh, is, is uh, whereas that, if you look at a wool, a wool fiber, it's not going to have that. Is that why? I mean, even even with some, you know, I've I have some Under Armour gear, and I've gone out in some synthetic shirts in particular. Is that why? Yes. Is that why a synthetic shirt will retain that smell? Yeah. More than okay, yes. just because it's yes. the construction. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, and, and and when I say they stink, I mean I'm I'm wearing an Under Armour long sleeve, uh, uh, you know, synthetic shirt right now. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I, I don't mean they stink like, lit- I mean, they I like them. They're good shirts, oh, but they, they literally stink. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's, and it's because again, synthetic fibers, um, the bacteria, it just, it, it, again, if you were to look at that fiber under a microscope, um, it, the, the, the little valleys of the fiber hold that bacteria in, and it harbors growth. And yeah, yeah. I mean, whereas if you had like a wool base layer shirt, Hmm. same thing you could wear that time and time and time again and and you're not going to have that problem 
No, it's nice. I mean, you consider like guys who do giant backpacking trips. I mean, socks can take up space and these things take up space. I mean, for my money, it seems like if you're, if you're, if you're worried about space and weight and yeah, you might have like cotton down that might save you a couple ounces on your outer layer, but it would also seem to me like you would have to take less and you'd get more out of it with these, with these natural fibers like wool. But, um, um, I mean, I was, I was, I was a believer before and, you know, having worn your socks, um, on that late season hunt with Jeremy, um, I'm a big believer now. And as I get ready for, you know, I was all geared up for trail season and putting some of your light socks to the test on the trail, but it looks like, um, you know, Ragnar canceled all of our trail runs this summer. So it's, it's, it's not going to be competitive, but we'll, we'll have to get them going. But, um, no, it's super cool to pick your brain on it. We'll have to, um, well, the, the one thing I do want to kick to you, I know I want to throw folks to um, where you're at. I know I'm a big Instagram use guy, and I know you're at Ellsworth Socks. Um, you guys should check that right, out, right. E-L-L-S-W-O-R-T-H Socks. Uh, check them out. Um, but right. I, I see you every now and then you're giving away 12 socks. You're giving away a dozen socks. It seems to me like that yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> that's a great giveaway. Yeah, so here, yeah we, we, uh, it is. In fact, so we um, – 12 was uh 12 was our grandfather's number playing baseball. Oh, very cool. Um at least with when when oh. he was uh, uh one of his num- when he was on the Yankees, he was number 12 and that was he's you know that he's more, most most known for being on on that team. Um and so 12 has always been a, a big kind of favorite family number of ours and so then you know you, you have obviously it's a dozen and so we thought you know what uh, every 12th of every month, uh, we're going to give away a dozen, you know, 12 pairs of socks. And, and literally I just go on Instagram and, you know, I'll just search random hashtags in uh, two of the military only. So, I mean, Very it has cool. to be active, uh, you know, military, uh, members, but, uh, you know, I'll search in, you know, hashtag, you know, USMC and I'll just start scrolling and, uh, I, and it's total random. I mean, honestly, I just, I see somebody, I click on their profile and, and boom, and, and oh, then wow. we shoot them out. And, yeah. So you're and, not uh, even picking so your it, followers. Yeah. You're, you're searching for who to no. give them away to. That's pretty awesome, man. I'm searching. <laughs> yeah. No, in fact, yeah. I mean, to, yeah, we just, I literally just start scrolling and if the profile's unlocked and I could, you know, see who they are and, and see, you know, if they're, if they're active duty and, and then I, I've sent it out on the 12th and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes, unfortunately, I think sometimes people, uh, uh, think it's like a scam or something, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth. It's not, we, uh, there's no, no strings attached. I'm not even looking for any, uh, you don't have to thank us. You don't have to, I mean, the thanks is all from us to, to them. I mean, honestly, it's the least we could do. And it's just something neat that I, I write a handwritten letter in every single package I send out. Um, uh, it's just something that means that much to me. Um, and it's just, uh, just something a little extra, you know, that just to, to brighten some, you know, uh, somebody's day that's out there, you know, uh, fighting for the good cause. So. Well, very cool. Well, I hope we've, um, I hope, I hope we, I hope we've piqued our, our listeners interest enough to go, to go check them out. And like, you know, I know you guys are out there spending money for boots. Um, it only makes sense to, um, you know, put some thought into what's going between your foot and the boot. I mean, it's an integral part of the situation. And, um, you said many, many hunts are ruined because, you know, people's feet blow up, you know what I mean? So 
you know, your socks are, are one layer to get there. Um, Pete, if folks are interested, uh, besides going to the Instagram handle, I mean, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you with questions about the socks and then to find out more about the company? Yep. So just go to ellsworthsocks.com. Uh, and, uh, and, and there's the, the info address, uh, info at ellsworthandcompany.com that those emails get all, every single email gets forwarded to me personally. Very cool. Um, again, we're a small, small family company. You know, it's my, my brother, my dad and I, and, and my mom and, uh, and, you know, we're, you know, look, we're not looking to be the biggest sock company in the world. We're just, we're looking to be in the niche that we want to supply to, which is the, that outdoor, um, you know, the hunters the outdoorsmen, the military, those that, you know, we recognize one thing is uh, be it the military or hunters or those that have a passion for the outdoors is they appreciate and they know the importance of good gear uh, more sure. so than, than a, a lot of uh, other people. And, and it was one thing, and just as a kid growing up, you know, when, when I was growing up uh, and I was, I was lucky. I mean, my dad always, always, playing baseball always made sure we had the best gear that the gloves that the big leaguers were using the the you know spikes that the big leaguers are wearing i mean not we were never uh chinsed on gear and so we always understood the importance of look if you're going to dedicate your your life to something or your passion to something then spend the extra money uh and get the quality gear that's going to make a difference um Mm. and and you know and, you know, we're proudly made in the United States, uh, you know, uh, adamant and, and, and firm on that. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, again, uh, the fact that we're our biggest client right now is the U.S. military is just uh, it's what keeps us going. And, and you know, in, in talking with Jeremy, um, you know, the fact that kind of uh, that whole hunting mindset it's the same thing that those those guys and gals really are passionate and appreciate their gear and they're passionate about the craft and in their sport and it's and it's become a a lifestyle it's become a way of life and um and we just want to be involved with it in our little way just you know i mean it's just our little thing we do as socks and uh it's 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 what we do best well, there it is, Jeremy. I know you. Uh, you put me on these socks, and they're, they're probably the last hunting sock I'll buy. Um, <laughs> and I, I appreciate you for doing that, but uh, it's awesome. It, it's 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 a good product. Y'all should y'all should get out there and uh, y'all should get out there and check it out, Jeremy. Uh, this year, when you put on your uh, when you put on these socks with uh, your hunting boots uh, to get ready for a turkey camp next week, you're gonna make sure to uh, those boots are broken in, right? You know it, brother. <laughs> okay, good. There you go. And, and I'm not worried about it anymore now either because last year I didn't have these socks. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, that 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 would be another test, Pete. I don't know if we can get Jeremy to do this. We'll have to get him a brand new pair of boots. That that might be another thing for you. Uh, you know, can 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 a great sock save you from not breaking your boots in? Yeah, uh, that 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 might be the uh, good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good test. If you can, uh, well, test. hey. I, I did test it out because when we did the late season archery, those were brand new boots. I'd never worn them. Oh, there you are. Well, there it is. There it is. And I never got there blisters. And how many miles did we do? We did 15, 20? Well, there's, there's Pete. There's our N plus one um, experiment Look on at that. this. Maybe you can uh, go out there and uh, put another 100, 100 pairs of boots to that. Or uh, maybe we can uh, work something out with the next 12. Uh, we'll figure it out. But, there you uh, go. Oh, Pete, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a cool, it's a cool conversation. It's a cool story. And to be honest, guys, if. 
I know you're thinking about your boots. Um, you also, you know, I've tried to make the case that you should also strengthen your foot, but man, I can't imagine putting a strong mobile foot into a, um, uh, into a, uh, you know, the right boot with uh, the right sock. That sounds, that sounds to me like a recipe for, um, recipe for success. And, uh, maybe, uh, Ellsworth socks will, um, will, uh, be the one for you guys to uh, make that equation. Right. But, um, we appreciate you, Pete, man. We appreciate your product. We appreciate what you're doing to the military, and we appreciate uh, you spending. Goodness, we went an hour and twenty minutes on uh, socks. Bait. Oh, hey, it, it, you know, you know, I bet you never <laughs> thought you were going to talk an hour and almost a half on socks. Just like Jeremy never thought he was going to dream about. Yeah, socks. that's right. That's right. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> I, I never thought I was going to be uh, making socks, but here I am. You know, here I am talking about them. So, uh, and yeah, I, I felt I'm, bad I'm for Pete. I felt bad for Pete because we we were you know we met and then we were BSing and the next day I called him up and I was like <laughs> fired up man I was like dude I just spent the whole night dreaming about your damn socks and I think I wrote a whole business plan that morning. There you go. Well, um, you guys, I love it. You, you got you guys getting ready for fall seasons? It looks like even with the um. You know, with the interesting times that we're in, it looks like things are opening up. I know Jeremy and I are going to get out next weekend for some turkey. I know that, you know, the turkey season in Washington is, you know, at the time of this recording is two days old, um, which is really right. great. I hope you hope they're out there smashing it. And um, I'm excited, man. I'm going to get into a pair of these tropical socks. Um, I think they'll be a, it'll be a cool thing to just to kind of compare how they work. Um, you know, versus the heavy sock, but, um, Pete, man, it's awesome. Uh, you're, you, we wish you well with your company, but, uh, Jeremy, man, uh, I think we hit train hunt and lift today. Pretty good. Absolutely, man. Hit all those aspects. All right, guys. Well, make sure you're getting after it. Make sure you are, um, living, uh, your best life possible. And, um, you know, training and hunting should be part of that. Jeremy, man, and Pete, until the next one, y'all have a good one. You too, brother. Hey, Joe, God bless you, America. Jeremy, thanks so much for your time. God bless America. Amen. We'll get it, guys. Take care. Pete, that was awesome, man.